breaking down all the plays and getting you in the action. We've got you covered all season long. Welcome to the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza. Boom for the second to last time here on the BCSN Nation podcast in this academic sports calendar season. We will be powering on come fall, but we are wrapping up the softball portion of the BCSN Nation podcast powered each and every week by Marco's Pizza. This is June 7th, episode 39. Trenta Nueve here in the BCSN studios. I'm Justin Feldkamp alongside Steve Rockowitz, and it has been one heck of of a softball season we had not one but two nationally ranked teams we had battles towards the latter stages of the conference and league portions of the schedule to determine conference and league title championship winners and it culminated with an area team in the final game of the year in the state championship game in Division One, Anthony Wayne was that team and the two teams that we've been talking about uh, the most because deservedly so, those two nationally ranked teams, Anthony Wayne and Springfield, and they've had some great games, but Anthony Wayne, the team, the regional winner to get to the state semifinals and finals. So, so Steve, we'll start with this, just the uh, culmination of a, of a great year. It's amazing when you take a look at the quality of teams, and, and as you said, you know, Springfield and, and Anthony Wayne really kind of were the two teams that we talked about a lot. Perrysburg found their way into that group as well. They were highly ranked in the state of Ohio. Maumee did a great job, but there's so many other great teams. Gibsonburg, you talk about them and, and the run that they had. A lot of local teams that are just absolutely chocked full of talent, and it's just amazing the the quality of games that we got to see this year. Yeah, not just the hyper Toledo footprint, but expanded out to Northwest Ohio. You mentioned Gibsonburg, Hopewell, Loudon, a team uh, southwest of here who also did, or southeast of here, did a tremendous job as well. So yeah, Northwest Ohio representing at the state level uh, very, very well. So uh, coming up uh, on this podcast, we'll talk Anthony Wayne's semifinals and championship game. List off the first, second, and third and honorable mention all state teams to give some love to those top tier your players which teams to look for next season because as you look at some of those lists we have a lot of seniors who will be graduating and either uh, playing their final game at the high school level or playing at the next level in college and then we're going to have Steve Rockowitz's first team all BCSN softball so uh, we had some parameters to it we'll list those off here in just a little bit but uh, which teams made first team all BCSN softball so let's start in the semifinals Steve Anthony Wayne took on Watkins Memorial and Anthony Wayne got the win two to one Watkins Memorial a team that many teams in our area are very familiar with they play in in mid-season weekend tournaments against them and then they see them in the postseason it seems year after year after year and Anthony Wayne got the job done in a tight ball game yeah it was interesting because when I got in contact with Watkins Memorial's coach Mike Jellison. and I said, well, here we are again. And that's really kind of where we have been over the last couple of three years. Very familiar. Anthony Wayne gave up a run early on. They come back. They got uh, a run back in the uh, second inning to tie things up. And then it was uh, the Trinity Nowicki home run. And that was it. It was a two-to-one game over Watkins. And it was very interesting from the standpoint that Molly Connor had done a lot of work inside the circle throughout tournament time, and she hadn't seen a lot of time in the circle before that. Uh, came out, had uh, given up that run in the first inning, and then it was one of those things that kind of rears its ugly head a little bit. All of a sudden, an umpire saw an illegal pitch. 
And then another umpire saw an illegal pitch. Now, whether that got into Molly's head a little bit or not, I don't know. But she walked the next batter after those two. Ron Meyer says, I've seen enough. Here comes Brooklyn Patchen in. And Brooklyn Patchen just shut everything down after that. Just absolutely terrific pitching performance from the first inning on by Patchen. Yeah, Patchen six and a third innings in, in relief. And she's had plenty of starts as well. So uh, she has kind of been there, done that for Anthony Wayne over the course of her high school career. And so many top-tier players up and down the roster for Coach Ron Myers in his 10th year. And, and it just seems like they have built the culture and the program. You hear of coaches saying, hey, day one, we want to build a, a program, not just a team to succeed for the next few months. Well, they do it from the youngest ages on up. You know, they have a great junior program that they work with. Uh, you also look at the at the fact that their junior varsity teams are coached exactly the same way as the varsity teams are, and I think that makes a lot of, of sense when you look at these teams and you got to have a great feeder program. Both Springfield and Anthony Wayne do that. Perrysburg does that as well. And uh, when you look for success, a lot of the teams that have success have done that. Yeah, the one, I guess, it didn't really affect the outcome as far as getting the win and advancing to the state championship game. But defensively, Anthony Wayne didn't have its best performances in Akron. They had four airs in the semifinals. We'll get to the championship game where they also had four airs where that did impact the final outcome. But uh, that was the disappointing thing, I guess, from a a fan of our area teams wanting to do well at the highest level, uh, uh, coming up short defensively. And from your your estimation, from what I saw, it wasn't necessarily difficult plays where they made those errors. It was kind of some like just you know, uh, just, ah, like, oh, how did that happen kind of thing? Well, when you look at Watkins Memorial, this is a team that going into it, the, you knew that this is a team that was going to play short. They were going to play fast. They had more stolen bases than you can just imagine. And uh, you figured it was going to be a, a short type of game. And I think that's where a couple of those errors came from. They really weren't expecting that. And, uh, you know, there was just pressure. There was pressure, pressure, pressure. And that's what Watkins did. Able to play over those four errors in the semifinal game. Not quite so lucky in the final. Yeah, just four hits. Both teams in the semifinals, Watkins Memorials and Anthony Wayne, both had four hits. Four errors for Anthony Wayne. One error for Watkins Memorial. Final score, two to one. Anthony Wayne advances. And, and every coach will tell you, no matter what sport, when it comes to tournament time, survive in advance. It became a familiar phrase back in the uh, 80s with uh, the NCAA tournament on the on basketball side, but it is translated to all sports, no matter what, you just find a way to get there. So they do advance. Anthony Wayne does get to the finals where they took on an Austintown Fitch team, a team out of the Youngstown area, and they ran into a fantastic pitcher, and she's a 16-year-old, so she is not graduating Teams from our area may see her in the championship game once again because we're the semifinals once again because uh, Sydney Watts was terrific. She had 12 strikeouts in their semifinal game where she threw a no-hitter, yep. and then she goes to the finals against Anthony Wayne and strikes out 12 more. Yeah, she was just absolutely phenomenal. Did a great job. Really – not a lot of pitches to her repertoire, but what she did was she was able to move them up and down, in and out, and she threw the screwball a lot. And it was just one of those situations where Anthony Wayne didn't know where it was going. She did a great job up in the strike zone, and she did a great job in the bottom part of the strike zone, just not able to catch up with it.
Yeah, and, and Coach Ron Myers, to his credit, you know, a professional from the get-go, uh, you, you always give credit where credit is deserved, and he said the better team won today. And that has to be the fact because they had a, a great pitcher. They did not commit four errors like Anthony Wayne did, and then they got the bats out when they needed to. And uh, in my estimation, the better team did win. Uh, you want to play your best at that moment, uh, but Anthony Wayne, a, a lot to be proud of. 28-5, and five, final record, just uh, knocked off some of the best teams in the area, and those five losses were against top, top, top quality opponents. Yeah, when you look at the, the end of the season, they beat Springfield, who was the number one t- ranked team in the state. They had to beat Watkins Memorial, the number three ranked team in the state, and then uh, they fell short against the number five ranked team in the Four or five, I don't remember where uh, where Fitch was, but again, you know, you when you're talking about top five teams and you're able to be at least two of the three of them, you got to you know tip your hat to a very good team that Fitch was, no doubt about that. Uh, but it, it was funny because it was it was very much a mirror image of the game the day before, and. Anthony Wayne was able to get out to the one-run lead. They gave up the lead. Then they gave up a home run. And for all intents and purposes, at that point, that game was over. They, gave, you know, they had one bad inning where they had the errors. But at that time, you know, the game was really over with. Yeah, and that set you back. I mean, to say a game is over at, at an earlier stage or midway through, just kind of kind of crushing. But uh Two hits just for Anthony Wayne going against Sidney Watts and a number of key players for Austintown Finch. Uh, three for three another three for three, a two for four. So they had some hitters in there who could go against, you know, Brooklyn Patchen and, and Kat Myers, two pitchers who, you know, not to sneeze at, like they're, they're legit pitchers as yep. well. Uh, University of Michigan and Creighton University commitments there. So uh, it was just a battle of two Titans, just like you would want it to be in the state championship game in Division One, top tier talent, top line coaches, a lot of Division One college recruits all on the field at the same time. And, Austin Town Fitch comes out with that win. And you've got to give a lot of credit as well to the Anthony Wayne fan base, Fitch fan base, all the final four teams. The place was absolutely crazy. I've never seen that place standing room only for Firestone Stadium in Akron. It was just absolutely crazy. Great teams, great travels. It was just wonderful atmosphere all all over the place. Yeah, a lot of media attention. We were not the only uh, BCSN media members there because uh, so many people uh, across the state are galvanized by these top-level teams and the, the quick pace of softball and, and the top talent that is there yep. to see. So, uh, yeah, hats off to all of the teams that made it there. So, uh, worth representing Anthony Wayne, uh, CeCe Stam, Trinity Nowicki, Molly Connor, Allie Myers, Brooklyn Patchen, Gwen uh, Stokwiak, Essence Double Bear Buckman, Caitlin Myers, Abby Kennelly, Carly Messenger, Megan Sumner, Maddie Sumner, Abby Ziegler, Taya Marshall, and Coach Ron Myers and his assistant coaches as well. Uh, all of them something to be proud of because they represented uh, not only their school and community, but the NLL, the district, uh, the region, and uh, did well at state. So hats off to all of them. Uh, Steve also wanted to mention the first team All-Ohio comes out with a really a combination of getting some coaches' feedback and then media representatives with the votes and stuff. But as you take a look at this list, uh, we're going to mention some of these in your first team all BCSN, but first team all Ohio, Matty Yaki from Springfield, Kat Myers from Anthony Wayne, Thea Staten from Bryan, Macy Chamberlain from Evergreen, Delaney Maynard from Eastwood, and Jenna Bloomfield from Gibsonburg. Uh, you got NLL, NLL, uh, Bryan from the NWAL, 
Evergreen, NWAL, Eastwood, NBC, Gibsonburg, Sandusky Bay Conference. So well represented across our area. Yeah. And again, you know, like I say, we're, we're going to get to that next segment, which is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. <laughs> and uh, But you look at the quality of names there if, as far as first team goes, and then, you you know, you extrapolate it out to second team and honorable mention. And again, you just have a plethora of talent and uh you know, it's just it, a lot of it, like you say, some of it's going to graduate, but a lot of it, amazingly enough, is going to come back for another year. Yeah, second team, All-State, Whitmer senior infielder, Sophia Wygas, St. Ursula's, Haley Glass, Van Buren's, Madison Martin, Elmwood's, Abigail Allison, Arcadia's, Emily Ranked. Those are the second teamers. Uh, no third teamers from our area, but honorable mention, Perrysburg infielder Haley Griggs, Port Clinton's Mackenzie Martinez, Eastwood's Lily Escobedo, and Northwood's Elizabeth Wofford. So uh, a long list right there of uh, Northwest Ohio star softball players getting the job done at the state level. So uh, it's been a great season for all of the talented players, and you've mentioned a number of those players are not seniors and others that did not make the list they're going to be coming back and wanting to play and, and contend and, and be a part of this podcast in many respects in 2024 so let's pose that question to you Steve what team should we look out for next season I know the obvious would be the programs that we've talked about the Anthony Waynes and the Springfields it seems like coach Myers and coach Watts just continue to reload there's no rebuilding with those two programs but anybody else come to mind well I think you also uh a couple of when we haven't talked a whole lot about the city league. I think Start is a team that uh, you got to look at that is going to continue to grow. And again, that's a team that uh, has has struggled because they didn't have that feeder program. That is being built, and it may not be next year, but it might be the year after that. So you got to look at the city league as far as Start goes. Bowser's again back on the rebound. I like those two teams. Um, there's just so many uh, Northwood. You know, again, that's a team that uh, just seems to be there year after year. And I like what they're doing. They're growing as well. Um, Rossford as well is a team that I think is, might be a little bit of a dark horse again next year. Is, uh, you know, we have take, looked at them a little bit. Atsiga was a team that was really good this year. But uh, I think Rossford might be a team that you have to look at one year from now. All right, so something to keep an eye on as we finish up 2023 and look ahead to 2024 here on the BCSN Nation podcast, powered each and every week by Marco's Pizza. That's Steve. I'm Justin. Let's get to our next segment. It's time for the BCSN Nation podcast question of the week. Send us your question on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook using the at BCSN Sports and hashtag BCSN Podcast. All right, so some of you loyal BCSN viewers or listeners are aware of First Team All BCSN. Uh, we do it each and every winter season when it comes to boys and girls basketball. We start with 30, narrow it down to 20, and then the final, uh, excuse me, no, 30, and then 10, and then 5 and 5. Five best boys, five best girls uh, basketball. During the football season, we had our game day tailgate analysts, Pat Cachardo and Matt Kriegel, do their all football teams and so we thought you know what we got the podcast going here in the spring with baseball and softball so we posted it to Steve Rockowitz and to our baseball analyst Mark Nell help us figure out a first team all BCSN softball and first team all BCSN baseball so here were the parameters that we gave Steve and Mark we said give us two pitchers one catcher four infielders, three outfielders, and a utility player. So those were the parameters. 
We like to represent as many area uh, leagues and conferences as possible, spreading the wealth, so to speak. So, uh, yes, we are aware that Anthony Wayne and Springfield are loaded with talent. You could make the argument that it could be all Anthony Wayne and all Springfield, but we're not going to do that. So, having said that, who you got, Steve, on your first team all BCSN softball? All right. We'll start with the pitchers first. Matty Yaki is by far and away the, the person that I had to put out there as the my top pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she spent mo- you know the entire season really inside the circle. That was her main that was where she played. I yeah, mean, she her didn't position, play, yeah. Yeah, she didn't play a whole lot of other positions. So she had to be a pitcher for me. And when you look at the numbers, not only was she a great pitcher, but a great hitter as well. So you could have slotted her somewhere else, but she was my number one pitcher. Yeah, she's very deserving. We just talked about how she was first team All-State. Uh, she's got a, a plethora of awards. She's a future University of Toledo Rocket. So yeah, Maddie had a heck of a career and a heck of a senior season. All right. My other pitcher, I went north of the border to Whiteford for Unity Nelson. When you look at the numbers for Unity Nelson, they're just phenomenal. And a lot of people will say, well, she pitches D4 in Michigan. Well, she doesn't just pitch D4 Michigan because if you look at the schedule for Whiteford, they play a ton of D1 Michigan teams and they play a ton of D1 Ohio teams, including Springfield and Anthony Wayne and the Perrysburgs. So when you look at the numbers that she has had, again, you got to look at the fact that uh, she's pitched 120 innings. She's only given up 23 hits total on the season, nine runs. Only six of those have been earned. 188 strikeouts. She was 19 and 0 uh, as of finishing the first round of playoffs for them. So uh, Unity Nelson from Whiteford is my second pitcher. And as we Tape this podcast on Wednesday, June 7th. Whiteford's still alive in the postseason. Michigan, we talked about it before on this podcast, Michigan's spring sports tournaments are after Ohio, so they continue on, and and Whiteford's baseball team is still alive as well, uh, and and Bedford uh, baseball as well is still alive. But Unity Nelson uh, uh, and Whiteford, a good opportunity to talk about Whiteford. Coach Matt Van Brandt, uh, his daughter Allie Van Brandt, Back at it again. She was a uh, star player for Whiteford last year. She was a BCSN Honors Female Athlete of the Year nominee. Her statistics off the charts once again. The former, or excuse me, the future Indiana Hoosier uh, uh, Whiteford. I got a feeling Whiteford's not done yet. No, no they're gonna, they've got a long way to go. They very much could uh, find themselves in East Lansing again. So no doubt about that. As we head to the catcher position, this one was tough for me. Uh, there's so many good catchers in the area that, uh, you know, to find that one was impossible. So I used a little bit of poetic license as we will move along. But my catcher, Trinity Nowicki from Anthony Wayne, you talk about uh, her work not only behind the plate but at the, at the plate as well. 489 batting average, 11 home runs on the season. She's driven in 42. Um, and just a solid, solid catcher with a great arm who knows when to throw the ball and where to throw the ball trying to get pickoff attempts. So many times you'll see catchers, they just throw the ball. Not always a good idea. She knows when to throw, where to throw. All right, definitely uh, deserving. She went deep 
in Akron at the state level, so when the lights were the brightest, she did play some of her best softball. Okay, so four infielders as we go down the list. Go at it. Okay, here we go. First infielder who is a shortstop, Sophia Wygas. She's got to be on the list. Uh, and, I, and I thought this through as to where I would put them if I had to put the team on the field. I move her from shortstop to third base. Okay. Uh, the number is 14 home runs for her, 598 batting average. It's a no-brainer for me that she has to be on this team. I have to move her to third base, however. At shortstop, you just mentioned Allie Van Brandt, just absolutely terrific. And again, she gets better as the competition gets better. She had to play a little bit of time in the outfield as well because she hurt her arm against Springfield early in the season. So they put her in the outfield so she didn't have those throws from shortstop. But the batting average never, ever suffered for her. She's my shortstop at shortstop. My next shortstop or my next third baseman is actually Haley Griggs, who is going to play second base on my team. She's go. a third baseman uh, for Perrysburg, 546 batting average, 10 home runs, 40 RBIs. And you got to remember, she was coming off a season where she didn't play as her freshman because she got hurt during, uh, I believe it was basketball season. So her softball season was null and void. So basically a freshman as a sophomore. So my third baseman actually becomes my second baseman with Haley Griggs. And again, a little poetic license here, Elizabeth E.B. Wofford from Northwood. She's a catcher by trade, also plays some shortstop, but I'm going to move her to first base for my team so that she can be in my infield. 623 batting average, seven home runs, 51 runs batted in. She's just an absolute stud in the infield. Yeah, and you know what? I appreciate the fact that you did take that poetic license because you see it at, you know, at Major League Baseball All-Stars yep. where players are just shifted around because they deserve to be in that starting lineup. And in many cases, you know, you just mentioned Ellie Van Brandt. She can go to the outfield and still contribute and get the job done and maybe be an even better outfielder or equal to what her infield abilities are. So, uh, yeah, great lineup there with Sophia, Allie, Haley, and Elizabeth. All right, outfielders, three of them. Go. Okay, three outfielders. My true outfielder starts with Haley Glass from St. Ursula Academy. Uh, 5.52 batting average, seven home runs, 42 driven in. Probably from what three coaches told me, the fastest kid they have ever seen, not only on the defensive side, but on the offensive side. She is in my, my center field position to make sure everything goes well. I move a shortstop and outfielder to play the outfield. That's Octavia Abraham from start. Again, you talk about a kid that is extremely fast, very good in the outfield. She plays a good shortstop, but I saw her play the outfield a couple of times, and I thought she did an extremely good job, very accurate arm, and knows, again, knows where to throw and when to throw. So I put her in right field, and my left fielder, Brooklyn Patchen, again, a little bit of license here, but Brooklyn, whenever she's not in the circle, she's yeah. in the outfield, most of the time in center field, but sometimes in left. So I was allowed to put her in left field. Again, 495 batting average, eight home runs, 58 driven in. I've got a ton of players here that can drive in runs, and that's what I was looking for. Yeah, definitely with Octavia and Haley as well, with the statistics at the plate. Not right. only could they be versatile in the field, but their batting averages uh, just off the charts. Okay, so last one here. Utility player, kind of a wild card, I guess you could say, that it fits the mold of you got to get this player on the field, on your team. Who is it? 
Well, I went with Sam Trimpey from Bowling Green. I saw her play a couple of times. She hit 554 on the season, 30 stolen bases. Again, I like the speed. But what I saw from her was it didn't matter where she was on the field. She was a contributor everywhere on the defensive side, and she was the person that really got the offense going for Bowling Green. Maybe a little surprising Bowling Green team as well, but Sam Trimpey was a person that really was one that, that took that offense and led it. Yeah, and she was not a person and a player who got all of her stats against mediocre competition. Right. She, like Allie Van Brandt, as the level of competition increased, she brought her game up just as well. She had some terrific games against Anthony Wayne Springfield and Perrysburg. And I got to say, of the 655 other players that aren't on this list, yeah. I think he did a dang good job. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an easy job <laughs> picking it. Trust us, when we're making these first-team all-BCSN selections, you know, and at the state level with first, second, third, honorable mention, you know, lists are lists for a reason, and yes, uh, many players are very, very deserving, but uh, with the parameters we put in place, uh, you know, a list has got to be a list. you got to have a cutoff point at some place, so we thank Steve for putting that list together, and, and we'll do the same thing for the baseball side uh, with Mark Nell, so we'll see how challenging it was for him to do so, but uh, we definitely like to recognize and showcase the student-athletes in and around our area for all of the accomplishments that they have achieved over the course of a, a season, and, and really, Steve, what they put together, not only just from you know end of March through early part of June, it's what they do in the off season that allows them to excel and shine during the season. Well, they're all out playing during the summer now. So as soon as they finished up their high school season, and you got to believe that uh, you know whatever uh, travel teams that had these final four players on them, they just were chopping at the bit to get their players back. No doubt about that. But yeah, everybody, uh, you know, they get done with the high school season, and move right into travel so they'll play their 50 or 60 games this summer all right so we are wrapping up the bcsn nation podcast powered by marco's pizza softball edition steve you joined us from the get-go our first endeavor here did you have a good time i had a great time except for this last <laughs> list that, that was driving me crazy actually uh cory brian and i were texting back and forth because i was running some of this stuff off from we you wouldn't believe we had it looked like a you know one of those crime scene shows you know where they have all the people on the blackboard. Now they're all interconnected. That's yeah, right, yeah. and then we moved them all around. So thanks to Corey Bryant for some help with it. Yeah, Corey's been a great addition to our color analyst roster uh, for high school softball and uh, bringing you some insight. And he was on the call with Steve for a number of games, including the state uh, tournament games with the semifinals and finals. So hats off to him, uh, Dwayne Lanham as well, uh, joining our crew this year and, and doing a fine job with yep. all the knowledge and expertise that he has over a long career in the softball world. So for Steve, I'm Justin. Thank you for watching and or listening to the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza, the final episode of the academic calendar year. Next week, Mark Nell will, hear, will be here for the baseball wrap-up as we head to the state titles with Anthony Wayne Baseball and Ottawa Hills Baseball as well. We'll see you next week.